Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Father, in obedience to your Word, that everything that has breath should be praising the Lord. We've come, Father God, expressly to forget about ourselves. To not just be focused on the circumstances of the day, but the one who created the day. Not to just be focused on creation, but the creator. And today, Lord God, thank you for the entrance of your word that will further allow us to see the light of Jesus Christ. The entrance of your word is what gives this light. And Father, you give this light so that it might allow us to shine and show your brilliance to all the world. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for taking us further into your presence now. We thank you for the obedience of the worship team this morning to just let God arise. Enemies are being scattered even now. At home, in this building, in this community, in this state, these United States, this continent of North America, and even beyond. Father, we thank you the presence of our God the spirit in the bride still says come come Lord Jesus and we love you bless you exalt you magnify you and we'll never ever stop lifting you up your name be exalted God now and forevermore in Jesus precious name amen amen give your neighbor a virtual hug if you are family, then reach out and just give each other a hug. Amen. Glory to God. So glad to have all of you here uh, today. And thank you. Um, Sarah, would you take this with me? <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. We have been um, in a series for a couple of weeks on the significance of praise and worship, beginning initially uh, with Jehoshaphat and how he was approaching a troubling situation, uh, literally endangered. He and the entire uh, country of Judah was in danger, but God would show him when he came to him how he would overcome even the struggles and the troubles of that day. And then last week I began to talk to you about why it's so important for us to put on this garment of praise. But it dawned on me by the unction of the Holy Ghost that some of us, when we hear this word, put on the garment of praise, we go, what is that? And how do I put it on? And so this morning, I want to take you through the scriptures and show you that the garment of praise is something that God has designed. And there was someone who wore this garment a long time ago, but became rebellious, became one who decided that he would put his throne or try to lift his throne above God's throne. And little 
as we would say, he was thrown out, kicked out of heaven. But God still intends for us to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to ask you to find three places in your Bible so that we can go through this um, with some uh, expeditiousness this morning. And um, the points that we're going to look at, uh, Isaiah 61, which we won't turn there much this morning. We spent time there last week about putting on the garment of praise uh, for the spirit of heaviness. So I want you to go to Isaiah again, but Isaiah 14 this time, and when we get there, I'll give you the verses. So just find Isaiah 14. When you find Isaiah 14, if you'll go ahead and mark your Bibles there, and then find a book called Ezekiel. And then I want you to go to the 28th chapter when you get to the book of Ezekiel. So uh, if you flip the pages or... Uh, click the appropriate uh, um, uh, window on your electronic devices, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, and then we're going to bring it home in Psalm 34. Psalm 34, wonderful, one of my favorite psalms, and it's often sang, and uh, I believe it would be appropriate for us, even as we go out of this service, uh, and we'll join with a, a group out of New York, a Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, as they sing this psalm. Uh, but I think you'll understand it more. I think you'll be able to uh, really um, appreciate it even more, having been taught what and why Psalm 34 is such a beautiful psalm to sing. Amen? Now, you know, when you, you think about that, I, I hope you found those passages. We'll get there to them in a moment. Isaiah 14. Ezekiel 28 uh, and Psalm 34. Do you notice that when you're reading your Bible and God gives a tangible description of himself? I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a tangible description, something that literally will describe God. Most often in your Bible, when you find it's generally going to be two things that are tangible descriptions of God. One is going to be light, and the other is going to be fire. The scripture says our God is a consuming fire. Now, I know you may say to me, well, God is love. But he's speaking to you from uh, that part of uh, of feeling and knowing that you are loved, that you are appreciated, but God in a tangible description is fire and light. And God puts that fire in us. Remember when his disciples, Acts uh, chapter 1, they are sitting, they are perhaps overwhelmed by uh, the events of that season and that time. And you remember, he comes to them and he says, I need you to go and meet in a specific given place and be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. He wanted you to be filled with the tangible description that he is. How many of you know that you were made in the likeness and the image of God? You were created to operate on a level 
that many of us don't operate on because we don't necessarily, as it were, know that this is what God is desiring from your life. How many of you remember scriptures that says, and praise should be what? Continually in our mouth. The praise of God should be what? Continually. I, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Most of what's in people's mouth right now is murmuring and complaining. And the Bible tells us, do all things without what? Murmuring and complaining. I, I'll just tell you about my personality. When I find somebody, just, just, you're just full of murmuring and complaining, um, you might think it rude, but I'm just going to walk away. I'm just not going there with you. I'm not, I, I, there's a place that God wants you to keep your mind. He says, you're supposed to keep your mind what? Stay on Jesus. And what God wants you, and remember Jesus said, I've come that your what? That your joy may be what? Full. You and I are supposed to go every day of our life, seven days a week, full of the joy of the Lord. Remember how in the book of Thessalonians it would say something like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. He didn't say murmur and complain. Not to be grateful, not to be thankful. There are times, I mean, how, how do you react when you're blessing somebody and they don't want to be thankful about it? How many of you, as good parents, realize that early on you needed to teach your children, when I give you something or somebody gives you something, how many of you parents have said, what do you say? Anybody know where I'm coming from right now? What do you say? I, I hear parents do that with their children in the training process. What do you say? Because sometimes it's as if they don't know what to say, and perhaps they don't, and they're being trained. And perhaps... When you and I are looking at God right now, you're hearing God saying, what do you say? How many of you got up this morning? It ought to be everybody in here. Come on, think about, you just didn't get up. You can see, you can move, you can speak, you can... I mean, there is nothing that's impossible with you right now. And why and who made that possible? God. Thanks be to God. Come on, anybody know that you perhaps went through a phase in your life where you should have been dead? But God mercy kept you? And then all God is saying, then, then what do you say? Thank you. That praise, that thankfulness, that gratitude, that type of attitude must continuously be with us. Folks, don't don't get don't don't get don't get it twisted. Don't get it tripped up on the small stuff. The Bible says the little foxes can spoil the whole field, and many of us get tripped up on little things. Well, why she look at me like that? Forget how she looked. You don't know what she was going through. Why he didn't speak to me. Folks, I'm, I, I tell you all the time, I'm walking down the street sometimes, and I don't see people. 
Anybody been like that? And they say, you didn't speak to me. I didn't even see you. I was in a place and in a space and in a thought that, no, I didn't see you. And it wasn't because I was trying to be rude. It wasn't that anybody, see, sometimes you got to allow yourself not to take on offense so that praise can, what, stay in your mouth, in your heart. Too often, people are at places of offense rather than places of praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Somebody say it with me, praise God. Praise God. Let the praises of him be continually in your mouth. Anybody ever do research? You know, uh, oftentimes, and I know all of you, uh, most of you know that my wife is fascinated by rainbows. If it rains and the sun comes out, I know what she's about to do. Whether she's here or home, she's going to run out and she's going to look at the sky. She's looking for a rainbow. And if she doesn't see one, she's expecting someone to send her a picture because she said, I know it's a rainbow somewhere. But have you ever thought about the fact that, or, or even just looked at the facts, rather, of how a rainbow is created? I'm talking in the natural now. You, you, You've heard this word, I'm pr pretty sure, when you were in school. They started to talk to you about refraction. They would tell you that it's one source that light hits. And, 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 and then it sends out all of this beautiful color. God intends for you and I to understand that he's put some light in you. That when you put on the garment of praise, it's representing the light that God has put in you. I, I don't know, if anybody know what a disco ball is? <laughs> I don't want to take you too far back. I, I was thinking yesterday when I was at a, a gathering and they started playing some music and I saw some people forget who they were. <laughs> Do you understand that this is why I'm, I'm going to just... Take a side trip here. This is why most of the time I don't like to go to wedding receptions. Because I feel like people forget who they are. They, they feel like they've got to go back to worldly music and worldly gestures and worldly gyrations in order to have a beautiful reception. And I don't agree with it. I believe that you can stay godly. I believe that your ceremonies should be godly. I believe that your reception should be godly. I believe that your song should be godly. And so I realized that the DJ took him back. And I, we have a friend, and I, I, I don't know if you're watching. His name is George Moss. And I remember George Moss telling me one time, he said, I don't, I don't try to go back to that stuff because he says, I lose my mind. How I many of you know you need to steep your mind? And there are certain things that you can listen to that were a part of what God brought you out that will pull you back into it. Yeah. Everybody say praise. praise. Continually, continually in my mouth. Well, you really need to continually keep praise in your mouth. 
You, you, don't, you don't need to be trying to listen to what Donnie Simpson is going to play on the radio. Whoever your favorite disc jockey is. You don't realize how that's pulling you away from the mindset that God wants to keep you in. He who keeps his mind stayed on, what happens to you? Perfect peace. And so, yesterday when I watched that and I saw that, you know, and I know you think, well, there's it's, it's nothing harmful about it. Folks, most of what the devil will do with you is subtle. It will appear there's nothing harmful about it until he pulls you back in it. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it appears that nothing is harmful about it until he pulls you into it. And so God is saying, I've translated you. I've translated you out of that darkness over into what? Everybody said again, light. We're talking about the garment of praise, and I'm trying to share with you, the Bible is talking about the garment of praise is a light that emanates from you. When you get to praising God, there's a light that comes out from you. There's something that causes people out in darkness to be able to come out of that darkness of their life. Light. And you remember how he said about your light? He said, Don't never put your light under what? Under a bushel. See, some of us, we take our Jesus off and we put, we put the world back on. That's what I was noticing yesterday. People, and we were all churches, you know, several churches working together, but some took their Jesus off and put the world on. Don't ever take Jesus off. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, put on the whole armor. Put on the whole armor and keep it on. So, folks, this is armor that you don't ever have to take off. Now, you know, at the course, some course of the day, you and I are going to have to take these garments off. But the, 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 the whole armor of God, and anybody that don't take yours off, you know, if you sleep in your clothes, you're just a mess. But the whole armor of God, you don't have to take off. And you shouldn't take it off. You shouldn't take, keep, get your mind off of the things of God. You should present your body as what? This living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Because the Bible says, this is your reasonable service. And the translation of that, this is your reasonable worship. When you're presenting your body to God. There are people that couldn't come to church today because they presented their body to something else last night. And they got up this morning. Shame on them. Guilt on them. The, the, the stench of sin on them. And see, and, 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 do you know that worship will just keep you near God? Yeah. And, and the it, Bible says that's what worship does. You're entering in, you're entering in, you're entering in, you're entering into what? The gates. You're coming further into the closeness and the intimacy with God through worship. How I many of you realize that sometimes we hear the words praise and worship? And we sometimes attach the same meaning to them. Praise and worship. Praise and worship. They're different. They're close, but they're different. Praise is something that you can do, 
But it doesn't necessarily have to be to God. You, you've seen people praise people. Worship, when you're truly open to worship, you're giving something. This is why uh, when William McDowell, um, inspired by the Spirit of the Lord, wrote a song, I give myself away. Most people didn't realize, why did this song stay on the charts for so long? Because it was true worship. There's a lot of songs that are sang in churches that are not, got nothing to do with God. It doesn't take you into the presence of God. It don't even help you to focus on God. Some of it just gets you emotional and you just, and an emotional. And, and, and it could be a praise, but it's not necessarily a praise to God. But true worship is where you're giving, you're offering something of worth to the Lord. And the Lord says, it's not this material thing that I want. It's, one, it's you. And so when McDowell wrote that song, I give myself away. That's what true worship is, where you are completely surrendered to God. You're at a place where you're not focused about what he wants, she wants, or what their impression or uh, others' impressions are about you. God, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am. You sang that a few moments ago. You realize that? Here I am to worship. Here I am to literally just bow down. And I laugh sometimes because I know that there are songs that we sing, we don't actually do them. You know, it's, that song says, here I am to, here I am to, I'm too clean today. I can't bow down. I'm this or I'm that. I can't bow down. Really? King of kings. Lord of lords. Alpha and omega. Yeah. Beginning and the end. Yeah. The first, the last. Yeah. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. I can't bow down. It might not be that I can't bow down. It's just, I just won't. Well, sometimes we have forgotten some of the basic things. And I guarantee you, if you had, uh, as it were, an invitation and opportunity to meet the Queen of England, before you even got a chance to see her, they were going to take you through a process of that. When she comes or when you enter into her presence, ladies, what are you going to be asked to do? Men, what are you going to be asked to do? That's an earthly figure. What about our Heavenly Father? If I can do this, look, when a judge enters into a courtroom, what is it that you hear the bailiff say? All rise. All rise. And we don't ever want to rise and just give God glory. Sometimes ah, the preacher has us up and down too much. I'm not just, we're not just here trying to have you up and down. We're trying to get you taught to the point where you realize it. I want to honor God. I've come to honor God. I've come to glorify God. I've come to magnify God. I've come to exalt God. And this is what he's asked me to do. This is what he says will please him. By show of hands, how many want to please God? 
And that's a wonderful thing. But understand that he's saying, these are the types of things that honor me. These are the types of things that blesses God. Let me take you over to Isaiah to kind of show you why I'm talking so much about this light. Isaiah chapter 14. And let's look at verses 12 through 14. And then I'm going to back you back up to verse 11. So let's go to verse 12 first, and thank you for putting it on the screen. How are you falling? And, and all of you, if you didn't know, I'm talking about the point of where Satan, as we know him, was in heaven, and his name was Lucifer at that time. He was an angel. He was created by God and created for God. Just like you and I are created by God and we are created for God. But you're going to lose your focus on who created you and why he created you. Lucifer, as we're about to read now, lost his focus on who created him and why he was created. And so he says, how are you fallen? Which means he's pretty well messed up now. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weaken the nations. How many of you know that God strengthens nations? How many of you know that praise strengthens you? The joy of him and rejoicing in him strengthens you. But the devil doesn't ever want you to be strong. His purpose is to get you weak. Let's go to the next verse, please. For you have said in your heart, and this is what God is saying to, to Lucifer, you have said in your heart, I will, I will ascend. I want you to notice, before I read on, how often you see the word, I will. Those two words dominate this particular verse. That attitude dominates a person that doesn't know God. I will. I will. I will. Remember, even Jesus, when he came, he, he said, not, not my will, but whose will? Your will be done. Here on earth, just like it is in heaven. When you are a worshiper, yes, you've decreased, and God has increased. Oh, God, you want me to dance? Yes, I want you to dance, right? Oh, God, you want me to sing? Yes, I want you to sing right now. You want me to clap my hand? Yes, clap your hands. But he says, for I have said it, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. You notice, every time Satan says, I will, he thinks he's going higher, but he's going lower. Every time you get into a place in your life where you say, I will, you might think you're going higher, but in actuality, you're going lower. I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ, his son, you can do nothing. Anybody had control of time yesterday? I know they teach courses on time management. It's a good thing to be aware of time and to try to utilize it, but you don't control time. 
You had nothing to do with the day or the night, the setting of the sun or the rising of the sun. You had nothing to do with the stars that are out in the atmosphere. Oh, God, you had nothing to do with your waking up this morning. Anybody know who woke you up this morning? Anybody knew who got you started on your way? And, and see, what he's saying is that we don't realize, just like Lucifer didn't realize, you can't and shouldn't say, I'm going to exalt myself above God. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to be able to do it on my own. You cannot do this on your own. And then finally he said, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. You know, when you go to the what we call the farthest, far, furthest side of the north, that's the highest point that you can get. Who belongs on the throne? Who sits on the throne? And I'm asking you, who sits on the throne of your heart, though? It's got to be Jesus. It should be Jesus. It wasn't for Lucifer at this point in his life. Let's go to the next verse, please. Thank you. Here's it goes again. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Here he comes again. I will be like the most high. In other words, he wanted to take God's place. Who deserves the glory? Who deserves the honor? Who deserves the praise? All the glory. Thine is the power and the glory. God is. Not man and definitely not Lucifer, this fallen angel. I want to take you back up to verse 11 now. Go back up to verse 11 for me, uh, Bowen. You go in your Bibles to verse 11. I'm going to give him just a moment to, to uh, put that up on the screen because I want you to see this. You read that portion for me. Your... What I want you to see out of this, I know there's a gross part on the end about the worms and the maggots. But God is saying, how many of you realize that when uh, Judas betrayed God just for a few pieces of silver, realizing that he made the wrong choices, but he still didn't go back to the right person for forgiveness? How many of you know what happened to Judas? Do you know how he died? Do you know what happened after he died? Worms, maggots. I'm painting a, 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 a grim picture, but I want you to understand, when you don't think you need God, when you think you can sell out, or you think you can ascend in your life, in your career, in your pursuit without God, that's what will cover you, that's what will be under you. I don't know about you, but I want to put on the garment. But here's the first part of this. He says, 
There were sounds. Did you realize that, that, that Lucifer had all of the sounds in him? Lucifer had every sound that could be made in him. He was built for worship. He was built for worship. You musicians would have to help me out here. But in my novice understanding of music, there are generally three things that are going to produce music. Strings, percussions, and wind instruments. Do you realize that Satan, Lucifer, had all of that in him? He had the, he had the percussions. He had, the, he had the, the wind instruments. He had the strings instrument. And he was created to bring a glorious praise. I don't remember the, the ladies who, who, who sang the song, I was created to make your praise glorious. Lucifer, well, yeah, thank you, Martha Manuzzi. Uh, you and I were created to make his praise. Do you realize you have that garment today? There is string in you. They call it cords. And when you praise God, when you choose to sing that praise, speak that praise, the wind causes those cords to make a beautiful noise unto God. Your percussions. That's why I said, clap your hands, all you people. Don't sit there like a log on, uh, not on a log when this worship is going on. I just don't do that. You should. That's what you were created for. Folks, sometimes you don't realize. Some of you as well say, well, I don't feel that good this, this morning. I, I'm sick that morning. I, I think I've shared with you. One time I came in, and I wasn't walking. I was shuffling. My back was so inflamed and in pain. I, to get here was agonizing. To get up and just try to uh, 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 wash my face, and uh, it was agonizing. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, there was one of the young men. He was serving as an armor bearer that day. His name was Will Landsberger. Many of you know Will. And, and, and Will, young in, in, in his walk with God, when I came in and he saw me doing like that, he started laughing. Until he realized how serious it was. And he says, Pastor, I'm sorry. And he apologized. He repented. And I, was, I shuffled my way right there. I looked at these steps two or three times. And I thought maybe I'll just shuffle and stay on the floor today. The Lord says, get on up there and get the praising, get the preaching. And folks, I preached my way right out of sickness that day. I preached and prayed right out of the pain that day. Sometimes, folks, your, your pain stays with you because God is giving you an opportunity to get out of your pain. That's why he brought you to the house said, I'm going to take you out of that. I'm going to take you out of that. I'm going to translate you out of that darkness over into a marvelous light. That garment of praise, you've got to put it on. That garment of praise is light. 
It's light. And that light that's in you is causing something beautiful because you are refracting. You are a refraction off of the true source, which is God. You were created to praise him. You were created to worship him. You were created to honor him. But you don't want to be like the devil that starts saying, I, 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 I will, I will, I will. Remember what Jesus prayed? He said, Father, not my will, but what is the will of God for you concerning praise? That everything that has breath would be doing what? Praising God. This is not just something that a choir does or a worship team does or, or, or a select soloist does. This is something that all God's people do. This is why when we get over to Psalm 35, 34, it's going to say, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now, they may have been given a, a gift that uh, is unique and, and, and very uh, Malonic to listen to, but that worship leader, and this is why worship leaders, I, I, I always cautiously let you know, worship cannot become about you. I, I, I remember having to deal with a worship leader and I said, you don't have to sing every song when you have a team. All of God's people got something to bring that's of worth to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 28. Still in line of letting you see that Satan, Lucifer, had this garment. But you have it now. You have it now. Don't let him steal it from you. Don't let him allow you to keep your mouth silent. He would love for you to just shut up and say nothing. It's like a young lady who wrote a book, and it's, 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 the book is entitled, Shout It Louder. Shout it louder concerning the things of God. Now, hers is on a political front, but shout it louder. I, I can get with that title, shout it louder. Make that joyful noise every day, not just on Sundays or special occasions that we have meetings here at the church, but make that praise glorious to God. Give God glory. Give God honor. Give God praise. Ezekiel 28, I want us to look at verses 11 through 15 in that particular uh, uh, text. Again, emphasizing the strings, the percussions, the, the, the wind, all of this. Moreover, in verse 11, starting at verse 11 there. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Folks, I'm telling you, when you become the instrument that God wants you to be, the worship instrument, you become full of wisdom, you become full of beauty, beauty in the sight of God. 
beautiful even as we describe Jesus, beautiful beyond description. How many of you ever really just looked at a rainbow? It's beautiful beyond description, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, cameras can't capture really the fullness of it. It's like the setting of a sun when all of the various colors start to come in. Uh, I, I've seen some great photographers take some great pictures of sun setting, but you can't capture it all. And God is saying, when you put on this garment of praise, oh, how beautiful. Oh, how beautiful you become in the eyes of God. Oh, how beautiful you become even with the people that are around you. But son of man, he said, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection. You were, past tense, you were the seal of perfection. Listen, to go to the next verse for me, Maui. You were in Eden. This is why we try to help you to understand that the devil has been around for a long time. A long time. And there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible tells us through the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's, there's nothing new that the devil is, is going to pull. He might put it in a different package, but it's nothing new. And he said, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald, with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. Again, we're talking about what? These wind instruments, these percussion instruments. It was prepared for you on the day you were created. You know what I, I, I picture sometimes is this. When Lucifer gets kicked out, the garment is no longer his. I, I think he thought to himself that he could say to God, well, who's going to praise you now? Who's going to worship you now? And I believe and I could picture God just picking up some dust and creating man and said, I, 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 they will praise me. Come on, somebody, if you want to be one of those that's going to praise God, you're going to be one of those that you understand the breath of life was blown into you so that you would pick up this garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness would leave you, leave others, leave your home, leave your community, leave your nation. If my people, come on, you, all God is looking for you is to earn from the word of God that the enemy wants you to stay at a place where he doesn't want you to have this kind of victory in your life. He doesn't want you to have this kind of breakthrough in your life. He knows what praise did in heaven. He knows what praise was even before Adam and Eve came in the garden. But God helped him I wouldn't say help him. God showed him that day, I believe. Don't think you hold something over me. He wanted to be, every portion that we read in Isaiah, he wanted to be what? Above, above, above. This is why sometimes in churches we, we say, you know, worship leaders, I, I, I'll go back in history a little bit. I was living in Florida. Pat and I were married. And it's probably in 19... Yeah. 
<laughs> the 80s, the early 80s. It was um, this big game that happens in America. Uh, the season just started for us now. And everybody know what I'm talking about? Football. But around late January, and I, it was that time, I think it's February now, there came the final game called the what? You know that there were churches and worship leaders in the entire county and the community that got together to try to force the pastors not to have services on Super Bowl night. We not going to play. We not going to sing. We not going to read. I was so moved by our pastor and said, well, we got instruments. We're going to use them. Somebody clap your hand. Stomp your feet. You understand? You have instruments. But just like Satan, don't, don't, whatever gifting God's given you, don't, don't try to hold somebody hostage with it. That's what they literally are doing for the entire community. We lived in a, or, or went to church in a little area called Cocoa, Florida. There's Cocoa Beach, there's Cocoa, Melbourne, all of those areas. And we were attending a church that was in the city of Cocoa. And all of the worship leaders had gotten together because they were going to force. This is a time, and I know we don't do it as much in this uh, geographical area, but churches met in the morning and then they would come back and there would be an evening service. So they were trying to cancel the evening service by holding. And that's what Lucifer thought he could do. How many of you know that the light was not his? The light and the brilliance and the beauty was coming from God. The light and the brilliance and the beauty that comes from your worship, from your songs, and for, from, from your, uh, your mouth is coming literally from God, and it's for God. But don't hold people hostage as a result of this. Amen? Amen. We are to reflect God's beauty. Now, I'm going to say this. I shared with you last week. I said I, I needed to announce that we're going to have to have a, a, just a night of worship. So I got here this morning. And I got arrived around 5.30 this morning. I just came to the altar. Knelt, began to pray. So, Lord, you haven't given me a day. You haven't given me a time. And I felt when, after a couple of hours of prayer, we said, do it this Friday night. Do it at 730. And make the praise glorious. So I'm saying it to you now as an invitation. I'm inviting you to come to just worship. I'm not going to preach. I might give a few exhortations. But we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And then I asked the Lord, I said, well, should I live stream this? He says, no, don't you live stream this. But I want it to be live. And I want my people to be lively. How many of you know you're supposed to be a lively stone? You're supposed to be a lively stone. So at 730, right here on Friday night, we're just going to worship God. Some of it will be pre-recorded. Some of it will be live. But we're going to worship God. We're just going to worship God. Come comfortable. Kick your shoes off. Those of you who say on Sunday morning, worship ain't long enough for me. It'll be long enough for you. 
Get your praise on. You know, I know that there are people sometimes that man, when I got here, Whitney was finishing up. Yeah, well, we're going to go until the Lord tells us to stop. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you ought to go until you drop. Kind of reminds me of a little nephew of ours, a cousin, really. And he was a little kid at the time. He was just playing, 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 playing. They tried to get him to go lay down and go to bed. He wouldn't. He would just play, 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 play. And then he just stood up one moment. <laughs> he just dropped. He was soundlessly. I think sometimes you just praise God until you just can't praise him no more. And then you praise God right in the midst of circumstances, folks. Uh, we probably don't have time this morning to go through all of the times in the past in reading the Bible where people just praise God. You remember this man, these two men called Paul and Silas in the Bible? Anybody remember what their situation was? They were where? In jail, you would think that you would be saying, get me out of here. <laughs> can somebody call the bond uh, guy? Can somebody get uh, me a phone call? No, they knew who to call, and they started calling on the name of Jesus. Yeah. And the Bible said, things begin to shake in that place. Things begin to uh, rock in that place, and things begin to open up for them in that place. Where were they? In a place of worship and a place, place of praise. And I want you to get there because I realize that, uh, you know, I, I know physically in my body I'm tired. Physically, I know in Miss past body, she's tired too. Because it's been 19 months, folks, of this thing called COVID. And we picked up our pace. We have not really slowed down because of COVID. As a matter of fact, COVID caused us to pick up our pace. 300 and plus families just this past Saturday serving them with food. Doing that every, practically every day of the week, there, you know, we realize that oh, we are on seven days a week. But we love people, but we realize this, God is saying, you got to rest. And the Lord told me, Worship is where you're going to get the greatest amount of rest. I thought, well, I should book a resort. I should book this and go here and go there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing sinful about that. And God says, your greatest rest is not going to come from a, 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 a temperpedic. Your greatest rest is going to come when you just come into my presence. How many of you know your greatest rest comes in from the presence of the Lord? Nothing wrong with getting sleep. You should get some. But folks, I'm telling you, it's nothing like getting into the presence of the Lord and praising him. Psalm 34, let's go up there and just finish that up. Because you're that light. You're the one that has that garment. You have this light in you now. You have this light that needs to shine. You have this wind instrument. You have these percussion instruments. You have these string instruments in you. And they were designed so that you might give God praise. Psalm 34, and, and let's just look at that, uh, starting at, at, at verse number 1. Come on, you read it with me. I think we all get excited about it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be what? Continually in my mouth. Read it one more time, because I, I want you to get it and, and make it speak to you. The Bible says sometimes you've got to speak to yourself. 
Nobody else is going to be able to stir you like you can stir you. Come on. Those of you who are coffee drinkers, do you want somebody to put your cream and your sugar in your coffee? You like to put it in there, stir it up, because you know when it's right. And God said, there are times that you got to stir yourself up. Paul said that to his young uh, protege, Timothy. He said, you're going to have to stir yourself up. And this is what praise does. It will stir you. It will begin to move you. It will begin to say to your flesh, flesh, you are not in control. The soulless realm of you, not in control. The spirit, you're being led by the spirit of God. I will bless the Lord at what? All time. In the good times, in the stormy times, in the COVID time, in whatever time it is, the doctor may have said, this is your condition and this is your plight. And these are the number of your day. But your days are numbered by the Lord. And you praise him. And your praise should be what? Continually. Well, this is going on in my house. Even more reason to praise him. Uh, this has happened or I don't have a job right now. Even more reason to start praising God. Uh, well, uh, my daughter or my granddaughter or grandson is in the hospital. Even more reason to start praising your God. Continually in our mouth. Let's take it to the next verse. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Come on, next verse for, for me, Maui. Say it. Say it loud. <laughs> Folks, that's all I'm asking you to do on Friday. I've been through some trouble preach more funerals than I ever wanted to preach. I don't think pastors should be preaching six or seven funerals in a week, a two-week period. Just preach one on Friday. But I know that I got to stir myself up, and all I'm saying to you, based on what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me, oh, Let's magnify the Lord together. And let's exalt his holy name. There's a song, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. I think some of you, when you first heard it, you just loved it because there are two young men who sing and lead, and they are, they've got beautiful voices. But I don't think anybody knew it was Psalm 34. They saw it, but maybe you didn't even open your Bible to see it. But that's what God is saying. You've got light in you. You got to let your light shine. When you let your light shine, others who have no hope will begin to get hope. Others who have been in a place of darkness will start to come out of that darkness. Others who have been in a place of, I don't know what to do, you then say, well, our eyes are on you, Lord. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. Let's get our eyes on the Lord. We've had our eyes on, uh, on, on the medical. We've had our eyes on the scientific. We've had our eyes on the political. Let's get our eyes on Jesus right now. Yeah. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. And guys, when you're ready, I'm just talking and waiting for you. <laughs>
Because I want you to stand. Come on, audience, go ahead and stand up. And I hope that we got the ones with the lyrics on it. And, and we're just going to magnify. That, that's, that will be my benediction, our benediction. So don't come look for me to come back and say anything else to you. You just say it to the Lord. You magnify the Lord. You magnify the Lord. You glorify God. My wife is holding up the envelope, and she said, uh, do you want them to give today? You know that the Lord wants you to give today. And so as you're on your way out, you just put your envelope right there usher will be at every door you just place it in there but that's a part of magnifying God that's what worship is you give nobody has to pump prime the pump as they would call it isn't it you don't have to prime the pump because you know that that's a part of your worship you're a giver hallelujah go ahead Alfred lift it up thanks again for joining us today here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.